0: gospel message. This week's gospel message is going to be taken from the book of Isaiah chapter 59. That chapter happens to be one of the most hopeful or encouraging chapters in the Bible for me. And the reason I describe it as such is because it contains a verse that gives me so much encouragement and so much hope and so much assurance in God fighting for me and God being there for me. But before I reveal the verse that's in that chapter, that entire chapter, it's it's a very deep chapter. And sometimes you just can't get the 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 story or the the power of this verse without reading the entire chapter and even in to get the whole thing in context it's always even beneficial to read isaiah chapter 58 prior to reading 59 and in 58 this is the chapter that talks about you know fasting and the type of fasting that we do that displeases god and god telling us of the type of fasting that we should be doing not the one that we do already when he says in in the days of our fast we do things that are our for our pleasure and while we're fasting we're still quarreling and fighting we're doing wickedly and this is the type of fast that many of us do it's just very outwardly very ceremonial and he advises us from verse 5 of that Isaiah 58 that the type of you know fasting that we should be doing is is that a a, a fast that where our souls should be afflicted where you know we should be humble we should operate in humility with our heads bowed down you know he says sackcloth and ashes and and you know figurative because of course we're not doing sackcloth and ashes this day but our heart has to be in in a certain state in a state of humility and also our works should be to loose the bands of wickedness to ease the yoke and the burden of other people to help the hungry to help the poor to cover the nakedness of others and 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 to to you know deny ourselves for the benefit of others and and this is how he starts out in Isaiah chapter 58 and then when it now goes to chapter 59 the Lord assures us right from the beginning of that chapter in verse 1. He says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. He says, so when our prayers are not being answered, because a lot of times we go around crying, Lord, why won't you hear me? Why won't you answer me? And the Lord is telling us that the reason I'm not answering you is not because I cannot answer you. It's not because I don't have the ability to answer you. But in verse 2 it says but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear verse 3 for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity your lips have spoken lies your tongue had muttered perverseness none calleth for justice nor any pleadeth for truth They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Five, they hatch cockatrice's eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. And he continues. He continues basically telling us about ourselves, telling about wicked wickedness, wicked ways, when we actually do the things that displease him and how that and what the, 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 the real picture of that iniquity is. You know, when we continue to wax in ways that are displeasing to God, he's trying to tell us like where for us it might just look like just a simple act or, you know, oh, it's an error, it's a mistake. God is telling us what it really looks like. You know, and how these things really separate us from him, how the iniquity of disobedience, the iniquity of walking after our own way, absolutely separate because when we're not running to God, we're running to evil. You know, when we do wickedly, when we do wickedly against our fellow man, when we even do wickedly to our enemies, because the Bible tells us, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. So again, so those of us who do it either intentionally or by virtue of our weakness and and ignorance, iniquity is iniquity in the eyes of God. And then when we continue to wax in it, when we don't turn towards him, You know, but instead we continue to wax strong in these iniquitous ways. In verse 8, he says, The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whoever goeth therein shall not know peace. So, again, when we do wickedly, or when we walk in our own way, or when we do not subject ourselves to, to walk in the will of God or to obey his commandments or or to live after him, you know, but we do us. We, we, we please ourselves. We, 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 we satisfy our wants, needs, and desires before we subject ourselves, you know, discomfort ourselves, make ourselves inconvenience ourselves to do the will of God. You know, God says this is a pattern, and the pattern is truly truly without us even realizing realizing it after the way of iniquity and the way of iniquity we know who is at the head of that it is the enemy you know so God is telling us in this Isaiah 59 that all these behaviors all these traits all these dispositions are us walking in darkness. It, 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 it highlights our blindness. It highlights how we have no eyes and we group around in the dark. So when you have, you know, not when you have the time, make the time. Make the time to read these chapters. Read them one after the other. Maybe even starting from 55 and just read on, you know. And and, and again, the Bible is very literal, It's also very figurative. And God has this amazing way of combining present day things. He uses these allegorical things to talk about iniquity in the present day. But then he also shadows it, you know, or foreshadows it and talks about the origin of iniquity, how it came to be. Because if you if you read down, if you read down, when we go down to verse 14 of that Isaiah 58, I mean Isaiah 59, it reads, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey, and the Lord saw it. And it displeased him and there was no judgment. What he's saying here is that a time will come and has come in the past where iniquity is just everywhere. It's, you know, when God says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, 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 and in another verse in the Bible, he says, who seeks judgment? Who seeks truth? Nobody. Not one. Not one of us in and of ourselves, in and of our goodness or our mind or what we call our moral uprightness, truly, truly, truly in and of ourselves seeks judgment. We can't. We can't seek truth because in this flesh we we are inclined to iniquity by virtue of what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. We have failed. We have made evil our past because in this flesh, we are so inclined to do evil. And God saw this right from the very moment when Adam and Eve strayed. E- human beings, mankind, and creation as a whole just continue to do more and more and more and more evil. So when I say God is even foreshadowing, going back to the beginning, look at verse 16. It says, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor therefore his arm brought salvation unto him this is god saying again in this isaiah the prophet isaiah is prophesying and we have to understand prophecy doesn't always it does talk about the future but prophecy again this is god speaking through man this is the spirit of god speaking through man conveying a message to his people he's saying. When iniquity waxed strong and God saw that evil had solidified itself in life, this life that God created and he said it was good, but yet the serpent, the enemy, the evil one, came in and crept his way in and polluted everything and made iniquity wax strong. So this verse is telling us now or reminding us that God himself, it says, his arm brought salvation unto him, unto us, his creation, mankind. He, God the Father, came in the likeness of flesh and blood which is God the Son he sent his son our lord and savior jesus christ to die for us to bring salvation unto us and his righteousness is it sustained him for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak so God is reminding us through Isaiah that look in you people you Israel he was speaking Isaiah was prophesying to Israel and telling Israel reminding Israel of their evil deeds but also reminding them of who their God is and what their God remember he was foreshadowing because at the time of this prophecy Christ had not come but Isaiah was t- God was prophesying through Isaiah, telling Israel of how He was going to save them, that He was going to send His Son. So for us, where it's 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 a past thing, but in this moment, it was a foreshadowing of what was going to come. And He said He sent His Son to come and save us. So again, it is this battle, this Isaiah fifty nine. Why I was telling you why it's such a powerful chapter. It is once again God highlighting this battle between evil and God's good. The evil that is the iniquity that is steadfast running through the fiber of creation because of Satan. And because Satan is the prince of this world, there is evil everywhere. But God is reminding us that He has sent His Son. So this evil no longer has to be what dominates us. We can turn back to him. We can always go back to our God who has already saved us. He was telling Israel then that he will save them. But for us, when we now read this, he's telling us, I have saved you. So yes, this world is full of evil. There is evil everywhere in every fiber and every facet of life. But evil does not have to have dominion over us. But God is also telling us that there will be a struggle. There will be a struggle because this flesh is so inclined to sin. The enemy is already an expert at lies and deceiving and trying to trick us into thinking what is darkness is light and thinking trying to trick us into thinking what is light is darkness this is his way this is what he does but god is once again reminding us of his promise his promise and he tells us so it brings me to that verse that i was saying is my favorite verse and this is that verse 19. so again god told us leading up to this 19 that all those workers of iniquity All the evildoers starting from their father, Satan, he said he will repay them according to their deeds. He said he will punish them. He will will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands, he will repay recompense. And then he says in 19, which is the verse I'm referring to, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun so he's telling the he's telling satan that i've got your number they will fear all those who work iniquity will fear but the righteous or those who seek after righteousness though there is deep struggle in this world though we will be battling all the days of our life Not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. But we're going to feel it. We're going to feel it in this body of flesh and blood. When we struggle, we don't struggle figuratively. We struggle for real. When there is an onslaught of spiritual attack against us, temptation, luring, deceit, all these things where our hearts strive to do good, but yet we find ourselves doing the evil that we don't want to do according to Romans 7. It's not figurative. It is literal. It is real. But God is telling us that all those, the spirit ones, and those who allow the spirit ones to use them, that continue to oppress the righteous or those who seek after righteousness, God is reminding them that they will fear him and he will repay them evil for their own evil. He doesn't want us to do that. He says vengeance is his. But the comfort there in that verse 19, it says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift a standard against him. And that is the comfort. That is the assurance. He is saying, my children, those who are called by my name, those who seek me with their whole heart, those who worship me in spirit and in truth, don't mind the oppression that you are going through. Don't pay it any mind. It will happen because as long as we live on this world that is wrought by evil, we will face trials and tribulations. We will face oppression from the enemy, but he has given us his word. Because he is not a man that he should lie. And he honors his word even more than he honors his name. He has given us his word and his assurance in this 59, 19. He says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. He will fight for us. He will make us victorious unto eternity. This is his assurance to us. So he's reminding us, he's pointing out the way of iniquity. He's opening our eyes so we can see it and we can identify it and we can run from it and we can turn our eyes from it. Even if it chases us down, even if it catches us to oppress us, there is nothing that happens that God is not aware of. There is nothing that is happening to us that our God is not aware of. He is encouraging us here to remain steadfast remain steadfast the enemy will come he will come in like a flood meaning sometimes it's going to be intense sometimes it's going to be an overwhelming who can stand in the path of a flood we have seen floods on tv we have seen tsunamis we know what the force of water can do Who is any mere human being to stand against the force of water? This is the analogy he's using to tell us, show us how powerful the enemy's attacks can be sometimes and will be sometimes. But he's telling us, do not fear because I will send my spirit and my spirit will raise a standard against him. I will deliver you. This is the assurance of our God. And we have to take comfort in this. We have to take comfort in this because he will fight for us. There will be floods, but there will also be standards. The standards of God's spirit fighting for us. Because when God sets boundary lines and tells to them, do not cross, they cannot cross. I in my flesh, with all my will, cannot stand against the enemy, but the spirit of God in me can. And it is he who fights for me. It is he who fights for you. It is he who fights for us, we who believe in him. And when those floods come high, his standards will come even higher. So let this child of God be your consolation. Let this be your peace. Let this be your strength and your assurance that he will never leave us nor forsake us as he has promised. And when those floods come, because they will come, If we are doing the will of God, if we are walking after his spirit, we will face persecution. But do not be afraid because our God is here and he will fight for us. He will lift up his standard and the enemy will have no recourse against the standard of God. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.